0: Hey, Brock. How are you? Doing well, John. How are you? I think I figured out. So I've gotten comments in the past that we are too like agreeable on the podcast. Like we always agree with each other. And uh, watching your EDC video, I realized that we have almost the exact everyday carry. And we both carry our phones in the same pocket, our wallets in the same pocket, and our keys in the same pocket. So there might be some sort of like lost at birth type of like brother lineage going on because as i was watching that video i was like wow, wow we're very very similar
1: well at least it's not phony then i mean hey McGough shanahan you never know
0: Uh it's very true very true well t- so today we're going to talk to ben over at the everyman style channel so he's going to be our interview after here but i just wanted to catch up i've been away for we've been away for three weeks and i think i just texted you too much. I'm like always sending you things that remind me of you, and then I realize that I text you like oh, every couple of days.
1: I know. I, I feel bad when uh when, when I don't respond because I'm I'm actually texting in general. I'm I'm just not good at that medium. So like when a text comes in, I usually read it, but I don't respond immediately. And then if, if I don't respond, I just forget about it. So then like they'll text me again. I'll see like oh there's like three unanswered texts, and I feel feel like a dick. <laughs> no it's okay how was your trip and everything
0: oh it was it was so so cool it was the first time in a long time that i've actually been able to like disconnect from work and actually to a point where i didn't have any internet connection or cell phone connection uh for a solid three days and that was amazing my children traveled very well my wife was a trooper through the whole thing I got some really good footage. I, I tried to shoot a lot of stuff like Casey vlog style, and I have it all on my camera. I just haven't spent the time to sit down and uh, work on it because I've been working on another uh, drawn-out video in the meantime. But um, I hope to get that up because I shot some really cool drone footage too.
1: Oh, nice. With the, Do you have the, uh, the Mavic or the Phantom? Which one do you have? I
0: have the Mavic Pro because it, it's – I so guess. small it fit I mean I could put it I, in my suitcase and it wouldn't it doesn't take up any space and
1: uh, it is so fun to fly awesome man that's 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 gonna be cool yeah I've been thinking about getting a drone but I, you know there's just always something else like uh, right now I'm kind of torn between like my next piece of gear is either gonna be a drone or some sort of gimbal and I'm thinking a gimbal might be the way to go because I've even seen people who have like like an iPhone gimbal Plus a uh, like a motion wide-angle lens, and just with their iPhone, they're getting insane like stabilized 4K video. But you know, it's like 600 bucks for the gimbal and whatever for the lens, and so there's there's always something.
0: Yeah, the drone. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to justify it if it weren't for the trip. Like my wife has always asked that we could get a drone, but. You know, the first time I flew it was the day before we left. I like got it charged and I updated the software and everything. And so I got really good at flying it afterward. And now when I watch Casey's videos, I can see I can like it's it's a whole different viewing experience now that I, I understand how to pilot a drone and like I'm looking for when he moved the camera too much or when he like like jiggered the, the, the drone itself. And so it's 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 made it's given me a whole new perspective.
1: Yeah, it is it's it does make a lot of sense to have that angle because it's just like I mean, it's one thing to, like, you know, have a camera pointed to your face and, like, some, like, rolling hills in the background and be like, hey, check out Ireland. But it's another thing to just, like, give people an actual bird's-eye view. And I don't know. I feel like – like Casey Neistat's videos, I mean, he, he uses drone footage in, like, almost every video at this point.
0: Yeah, plus he's also shooting New York City, and, I mean, that's that's an easy one to get good shots of. But if you look – so in yeah. the in the video that I did where I was on vacation, if you look as the drone is starting to pan out, that's my wife and I on top of that mountain. Uh, you can see mm. us, and then it goes out over the water.
1: That's all. Oh, okay. So you were you were pretty comfortable uh, flying it over water, and and I mean, does it just come back to you? Like, is it pretty hard to crash?
0: The Mavic Pro does have sensors in it that stops it from crashing, and it, and the DJI software itself, it's it's very complex. Like, you can just get into it and start to move the joysticks around, but there's so many capabilities I didn't even get into. But, like, it records its home base position, and then it'll automatically land itself. if The battery's too low, so they've made them pretty idiot-proof so far.
1: Okay. So you were pretty much unplugged from the grid, like, not, not monitoring social media and stuff, but you were – grabbing some content to uh to edit later,
0: yes, yeah, because I took my my regular camera, I have the joby gopod uh and so I was like shooting stuff because it's my I mean neither of, of my children will remember the trip either so I want to make sure I got some good stuff for
1: them yeah cool man that's uh that's nice to be able to get away and actually not be working for a little while or not be connected
0: yeah it was it was pretty nice i mean i I liked coming back and I definitely uh I came back with a new new excitement over a lot of the stuff that I'm working on. But actually, so I listened to the podcast that you were on with Kyle Lincoln, former guest on the Buttoned Up podcast. And there's a quote that he said in that episode where he talked about bakers worrying about the bakery burning down, or I can't remember, I tried to Google for the quote, I have to go back and listen to the episode. But when he said that, I was like, yes, that is such a perfect analogy to how to, how I've wanted to think about the channel and uh, I just it stuck it stuck with me it was really great I liked but I liked the interview overall I, I already texted you that I liked your recommendation at the end exercise is is good get out there get physical uh, just just good stuff
1: yeah Kyle, I I love talking to Kyle and I I think he brings a cool perspective to it because because yeah I think a lot of people I don't know feel, especially creative people they feel like they have to they're on the hook to create everything you know and I guess his metaphor would be you know, baking pies, but, um, I think he takes a slightly different approach where he's more like, he's almost like a facilitator. I mean, he creates a lot, a lot of his content, but he's almost like a journalist. Like, you know, I'm not an expert at everything, but I'm going to find the experts and, and craft a piece of content, maybe using their knowledge. And I don't know, I feel like he's just taking a slightly different approach to, uh, the blogging, YouTubing, podcasting world. So I think, uh, I think he'll continue to see a lot of good growth, but, but yeah, his, that was fun beyond his show, man. He's, The show is really well done. It's like really nicely produced and sounds really good. So that was always, that was nice.
0: I know. I was just listening to the one today about um, aligning your career goals. I mean, I've listened to every episode so far. They've all been, been rock solid.
1: Yeah. He he was saying too that it's like a nice, uh, I guess, kind of like for us, like it's it's a nice way to change up how you spend your time. You know, because sometimes video editing and stuff is so such a solo activity. So then you know, you get to podcast, you get to talk to people, and obviously a different medium, uh, you know, using your voice, just typing away. So definitely cool. But you know, we're, we're actually coming up to the end of our kind of close to the end of our 25 episode run.
0: I know it's kind of sad.
1: I know it's crazy. Remember we we're going to do 10 episodes and Ryan Mickler was like, you should do 25.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I'm glad he's, I'm glad he said that we've had some, some really cool guests.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Almost saving the best for last.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I, I can barely—I th- I think I've already told people like I, I can barely uh, contain it.
0: <laughs> well, well, we'll save that one as a tease. I think we did skip over like the one feature of my vacation that has been most polarizing, though, and that's my mustache.
1: Ah, the stash. Yeah,
0: it is not loved in the in my comments.
1: It's funny though because it wasn't universally hated. Like you had, it was almost—I don't know, maybe sixty forty or something. Like there were a lot of people who were like, "Love the stash, bro," but then the people who didn't like it were like. I'm not watching your videos until you shave.
0: <laughs> yeah. I like I the one I posted last night, someone said, Can I pay somebody to sponsor you shaving your mustache? <laughs> so did you shave it? Yeah, I put it I had that on my story last night is uh I, I shaved it off. I, I told oh, okay, my, okay. my my wife's been asking for years. I was happy to appease her. I had a full beard coming back from vacation. I never thought I could really grow a mustache, like we've talked about that on the on the channel on the podcast before. And uh, lo and behold, I can. I told her that I wouldn't go in front of a customer for work with it because I couldn't take myself seriously and I didn't want them to not take me seriously even though people at work told me that I looked a little bit older with it. I just I just took it off.
1: Yeah, you looked – I don't know. You looked like Italian or something. Maybe it was the style of mustache or like the, the haircut, but yeah, I, I could have I, – I didn't recognize you at first actually. I was like, what, what channel is this? And then <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's – that's what John will look like with a mustache.
0: <laughs> well, actually, and like I fit in in Ireland really well because when my facial hair grows out, it, it it turns very red. It's like I have a very ginger complexion to my beard whenever it grows out, and so the mustache has a very red red tint to it. I don't know how well it comes out through the video. Yeah, it's gone. It was I had it for like a week or half or two weeks.
1: So that was uh, that was like two weeks growth uh, without without shaving. And then you just trimmed it into that style. Yep. Yeah, I think it's a good thing to try. You know, why not?
0: Yeah. So it so it is gone, but it was fun while it lasted. A nice little experiment. And uh, with that, we can throw it over to Ben. I just wanted to to give a little catch up. No topics this week, but uh, we can throw it over to Ben over to everyman style. We talked about how he's gone from uh, watching Aaron Marino's videos to now having a sizable subscriber base in the in our space. So we'll throw it over to Ben. So today we're joined by Ben from
2: the Everyman YouTube channel. Welcome, Ben. How are you? Um, fantastic. Thank you, John. Yeah, I'm having a, a really good day and even better now that I can join you two guys uh, on the buttoned up podcast.
0: Absolutely. Well, we like to give some color to our listeners and to your own listeners as to how you started your path to being a, a growing YouTube channel. You're, I think you're one of the first people we've had from across the pond or from outside of the U.S. And so just a little bit of background on where you grew up and how you got started.
2: Right. So, okay. So um, my name is is Ben. I started the YouTube channel sort of, I think it's April 2016. Uh before then, uh, I've grown up in a small town, uh, right bang in the middle of, of England, uh, called Newcastle under Lyme. Uh, it's a very peaceful place, people don't really seem to do much. <laughs> it's not, not the nicest area of the UK, but I uh, grew up, went to a typical um, state school, did college, university, didn't really enjoy it. Ended up doing YouTubes as um, a part of my income at the moment. I, I've done sort of all sorts of my life, wanted to be a teacher when I was younger, Uh, I guess that sort of applied a little bit to to sort of the things that we do on YouTube now, I guess. So it gives me some sort of applicable skill set. I've had the most standard upbringing, you could probably imagine, very restrictive parents, uh, not letting me do stuff. Um, They thought I was completely mad starting YouTube, to be honest. Uh, So it's, um, I don't know, I've got my YouTube channel up here on one of the screens. I'm at my computer desk. With the microphone and I've got my YouTube channel up as on one of my monitors, and I, this seems madness. I would never have expected two or three years ago that that I would have a YouTube channel, even with the subscribership that I got at the moment. It's um, it's surprising, but but very, very happy.
0: What were some of the channels that you used to watch that you think would have inspired you to think, hey, I can make some of these videos too?
2: Um, uh, probably Alpha M. Uh, in all honesty, only because. Uh, Personally, I didn't really watch any uh, Men's Styles YouTube channels till probably about 12, 12 months, maybe two years before starting my own. Um, I, I, I didn't really watch YouTube in all honesty. Um, so I was just trying to improve my own style through trial and error. I eventually found Aaron's channel. I mean, who doesn't find Aaron's channel? Let's be honest, guys, He's, he pretty much owns the search engine. Uh, so, so stumbled on some of his videos, and I thought they were quite decent. And he was trying to offer the best advice he could. Uh, some of them I really enjoyed. Some of them I, I was a bit sceptical about what he was saying. So, and and also really, he didn't really provide that much targeted advice for for people like me who, at the time, was incredibly thin. I mean, now I'm actually uh, <laughs> I've put on quite a bit of weight in the last twelve months, but before then I was very a uh, slim build, uh, there was just nothing out there whatsoever really for, for guys who were really, really skinny. I have a super high metabolism as do seemingly anyone I'm related to. So I was sort of on the hunt then for who could provide me with some sort of information. And then I gave up in the end and said, you know what, I've turned my own style around in the, like the last three to five years. It's time for me to help other guys out there who may be looking for the same sorts of, of things that I've been looking for. So I decided to, to be that person myself, I guess.
0: Do you have a crystallizing moment where you can remember thinking I should start getting my hair cut a certain way or I should start wearing a certain type of clothes? I
2: mean, did you have that moment? Oh, a <laughs> um, oh, oh, series uh, of moments really. I would say it's, it probably came sometime um, when I was about 16 or 17. Uh, I suddenly started paying massive uh, attention to the way that I looked. Um, not necessarily always in, the, in a good way. Um, really my whole style channel also came about one of the main influences. And one of the main reasons I started it, um, was because I used to feel terrible about myself. I used to look in the mirror and think, God, what the hell is that? Um, I had a series of terrible failures with women, uh, <laughs> getting rejected multiple times, um, sloppy, disgusting relationships that were just like a mess. I just wanted to sort myself out and I wanted to actually have some success with the women that I wanted. So I knew that there had to be something to change. Um, And I was, uh, I had a real bad depression for about a three year period and it was was not good. (laughs) I was looking in the mirror, hating what I used to see. And I don't know, somehow over a very slow period of time, uh, I turned it around for myself through sort of upgrading the way that I looked, the things that I wore. Um, I, I tried so many things it took me so, so long to, to go from a guy who dresses like crap to a guy that dresses quite well that I figured I'd make a YouTube channel to try and help other people shorten that process so they don't have to wait that long. So there wasn't really like a individual moment of inspiration, I wouldn't say, but there was certainly a period of my life where I feel like I turned myself around somehow um, from the brink and managed to feel great about myself and I just wanted other people to have that same sort of success I suppose
1: when you started the channel uh, it sounds like you had some pretty some pretty powerful motivation you know help other guys who might be either going through the same sort of tough time that you were going through or or just guys who are wanting you know maybe some more practical advice who aren't necessarily depressed but you're just looking for some practical style advice <laughs> but did did you did you also have business goals like did you go into it thinking I'm gonna to try to make a career out of this, or did you more go into it as a hobby, just trying to help people
2: and see De- what happens? De- definitely the hobby route, mate. Um, definitely the hobby route. I I have very limited business skills, or at least when I started YouTube, I had none. Um, the the school system here in the UK discourages entrepreneurial skills, like they, they just want you to to go to a standard ass job and just work until you're dead. That that is literally what it's like here. I don't know what it's like in the US from online, I can see it might be slightly better uh, but here in the UK you work to go into a job then you work until you can retire which by which stage you probably died of illness already and then then you die. Um, so we we are very <laughs> very uneducated with regards to business in general I think in this country it's it's not good. Um, some limited business knowledge from uh, the exams and stuff that we were studying around the age of about 16, But other than that, I I have no clue about, well, at least I definitely had no clue about how businesses really operate on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Stuff that isn't just retail, which is very out there and you can see it. Stuff to do with online businesses, not a clue how it works, not a clue how to set up a website and no no idea about anything. So um, the only reason I really did it as well, I I was looking at some of the videos our friend was making uh, and I'm quite good in front of the camera. Generally, it's been one of the very few things. I feel like I've got good skill set in. So I figured, I looked at his videos and I thought, oh, I can do that. And then so I decided to make some videos. So that's that's how it sort of started. And I saw that this guy was like absolutely loaded as well. So that I guess in some ways was a very distant uh, thought that maybe one day I won't have to work as a slave in one of these jobs. So I guess that's <laughs> that's how I went about thinking about it, I suppose. Did that, did
1: that start to shift or was there a moment, I don't know, when you made, made your first few dollars or something, when you thought, okay, maybe I could do this for a living? Or, or where, where are you at now? How do you feel about it now?
2: Um, I, I'm a lot more now um, now that the ad revenue is slowly stacking up. Um, not much, by the way. I, I seem to get a very, very low amount of ad revenue for the, for the views I get. But um, as the ad revenue sort of stacks up a bit, I think you, you're naturally going to take it more seriously anyway. At the moment, with about getting on for almost 2 million views, I think I get about uh, $200 a month approximately, uh, which, is, which is okay, although I've seen other channels with like 400 subscribers getting $150 a month, so I don't know how they manage it with less views. But um, either way, when it starts to get to that sort of figure anyway, you have to sort of look at it and think, actually, the more effort I put into this the, the number does increase and one day hopefully I'll be able to get it to overtake um my standard job earnings because I, I still work a full-time job in one of these terrible jobs in a carpet shop <laughs> in order to keep me uh, being able to live in a house with my girlfriend um that pays the bills and it kills and uh, I, I have been definitely taking the financial side more seriously I've been looking at other sources of income and, and using affiliated links and that for a long time now. But it's a lot of, of time and effort, more more time and effort than I think most people would, would think, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And well, along that line too, had you done any like video editing before or, or how did you tackle that part of it? Because I know to most people, the one of the biggest hurdles would be the recording, editing and posting uh, of the videos.
2: Well, that, that was certainly... Uh, I think the only sort of experience I had with regards to video editing was uh, some limited experience on Windows Movie Maker uh, on home videos, um, some experience of using, making stupid PowerPoint presentations with stuff flying around the screen when I was a kid. <laughs> that's that's probably about it. But I looked at people's videos like, like I said, earlier, like Alpha M and stuff, and his videos, uh, even to this day, are very, very, very simple in terms of the editing. Uh, and I thought, well, I, I can start off like that and, and see how I get on. And as if if I improve my video editing, which I haven't really improved that much uh, <laughs> to this day, because I, I just don't have the skill set. Um, but it's improved slightly. And I guess that, that after two hundred odd videos, you, you would hope to be better <laughs> at video editing, anyway, wouldn't you? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and and also you've had a great rise in subscribers over like the past two years. Have you have you spent some time to try and study some of the tactics that grow YouTube channels, or are there any channels or resources you follow for that?
2: Oh yeah, I can tell you this one. I am without a doubt the biggest sweat on this platform when it comes to when it comes to that sort of thing. All the search engine optimization for for any video possible. I have spent far more time researching about video ranking than than i have about style than i think a lot of bigger youtubers have because when you join in this late in the game i only joined i think it was like 18 months ago if that um i think about 14 months ago maybe so late to the game there's already so many people on the platform um it's a very competitive playing field out there and it's very very difficult to get any of your videos to to get more than a couple of hundred views especially at first i don't know i got really i i still am i'm still super competitive about getting as many videos as possible to rank in the search engine uh, to appear on the on the side of the recommended tabs so it's all stuff like the tags the descriptions the titles the thumbnails uh, especially the thumbnails god that's something that um is a big one that i've improved and, and changed many many times to try and get it to be as sort of not clickbait, but to, to be as attractive to click as possible i suppose that that's the way that i'll, I'll put it i don't know how, how long you guys put into that sort of thing but i, I I spend hours and I probably spend about an hour a day every single day just learning about more about YouTube as much as I can.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it seems to always change too. John and I talk a lot about this. It's funny, I usually after we record podcasts and after we uh turn the recording off, we end up talking for another forty-five minutes about YouTube's <laughs> algorithms and everything.
2: But it's a joke in it.
1: <laughs> oh man, because it seems like it it changes a lot and, and right now we we've been having this debate about um quality versus quantity and it it seems like i mean i know you do three a week um Mm -hmm. and it seems like these days youtube is really looking for quantity they want like uploads like several times a week if not
2: daily yeah they want they want videos every day they want to keep as many people on the platform which it's fair in some ways but it's very frustrating isn't it yeah it's a little
1: tough i mean I, i definitely lean more towards i'd rather put a bunch of time into one video you know and do one a week but that doesn't seem to be uh you know, what's necessarily getting it's results viable, right
2: now. No. Right. right, right. It's a shame. And also the whole sort of 10 minute thing. Like you can only put a mid roll advert on your video if it's over 10 minutes long. But if you go on my channel and have a look, they're all around six minutes, seven minutes, because I I could not justify myself dragging out a video past 10 minutes if I didn't think it had enough full content, which my videos aren't, aren't sort of very technical, really. They're very, very simple videos. Um, so if I dragged it over 10 minutes. Uh, for my sort of content, I, I just, I think the, vid, the viewers would just wouldn't have any respect for me. So I, I can't, can't justify it yet. Yeah, I know that if it goes over 10 minutes, I can put that mid roll advert on. You see a huge spike in, in the income from it. I've done it a few weeks ago on one that was just about over 10 minutes. First one for ages, put a mid roll advertisement on it. My revenue shot up. It was very strange, but, um, it, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a, always an uphill battle with YouTube.
1: It's tough, but it seems like sometimes, I'm sure you've experienced this, where you put out a video that you think is gonna do really well, it doesn't do anything, and then you, and then some random video that maybe you didn't put as much effort into gets, you know, you both, yeah. becomes your most popular video.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's an absolute, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's the most unpredictable website ever. Uh, I'm only, The only real fear I have is that one day, either YouTube goes or that this whole demonetization thing, I don't know if you've seen it, loads of YouTube channels are getting loads of videos demonetized that's going to absolutely cripple some of us if that creeps into our genre on YouTube. Um, so I'm sort of praying that that doesn't happen, although I think we should be relatively safe because we don't really talk about much, much controversial stuff, do we, compared to some of these other channels?
1: Yeah, I was just talking to um, Tanner Guzzi and Ryan McGinn uh, this morning, and we were talking about the de- demonetization, and it, it seems like one, uh, one factor is just any sort of profanity. I actually had a video uh, demonetized the other day um, and it, I didn't even have any, print. I blanked it out and, uh, uh, it was demonetized. And then, you know, I did manual review and they, and they brought it back, but it seems like they're, they maybe have overcorrected a little bit. And so they're just demonetizing a lot more than, than they really should be.
0: Well, and Ben, well, you're doing something really interesting, which is you're, you've started a Patreon too. So you've actually invited <laughs> people in to the process and you're giving them some behind the scenes content. So you are trying to head off some of that stuff, but how's that been going for you?
2: I haven't really pushed it enough to be honest, John, at the moment. The thing, I haven't really got any um, patrons yet. I've got it all set up. I, uplo- I upload occasionally to Patreon at the moment, although I'm still waiting for people to sort of get onto it. But it, it, again, it's one of these things that you have to push over a very prolonged amount of time to be able to get people to, to want to actually pay money for content because people these days are so entitled, they go onto YouTube and feel they're entitled to the content that's on your channel for free. So the idea of them paying for content, even if it is actually extra than what you're normally providing them, is, is such a big barrier. Um, I know that my audience is also, I imagine, slightly younger than both of your audiences, uh, just due to the type of videos that I make. Um, and that, that again, that makes them even less likely to be able to, to put money towards something. Um, this is I've really set it up uh, as more of a long-term solution, which uh, once I can sort of lower my hours at work, my full-time job slightly, uh, I can put extra effort in, into the extra recordings and stuff like that. Um, but I'm going to have to mention it definitely many more times um, on videos to get people to get across there because it's difficult to to get people to want to do it because there's loads of other YouTubers doing Patreon, but loads of them are terrible, like that you go on their Patreon page and they'll be offering such terrible rewards for the prize, like, oh, I'll send you a signed postcard, like for 20 dollars a month like what on earth is it It puts people off even the idea of patreon which is a real shame because the stuff that i've got on my patreon i feel is is of high value for the amount of money that they'd be um basically giving to the channel every single month um but it's certainly one to consider and i think that in the long run when it comes to youtube or any other sort of social media platform that's certainly something that you could consider using but the people that are going to donate you know they've got to be your real Fanboys, in order to to go over there and to commit the money uh, that that you really need. Yeah, I, I
1: haven't um, experimented with uh, with Patreon yet, but I know there are some of the the really big channels who have the infrastructure to kind of like you're saying, actually give some extra value, like real value uh, to the to the patrons. I think I think they're making it work, but but yeah, it's you can't just ask for donations. You know, you got to you got to yeah. give something back because people do expect a lot for free these days. Are, are you doing are there any other platforms that you're really focusing on besides YouTube, like social media? Uh,
2: I, can, I can only wish. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I, in the long run, I will certainly be posting more on Instagram. Uh, that, it's a similar sort of audience. People like the aesthetics on there. Um, maybe Facebook to an extent. I know that Facebook recently have launched some watch thing, although I think that's only for really loaded uh, video producers <laughs> you can get on there. But at the moment, to be honest, I spend so much time, I'm uh, I, I a full-time job. I come in typically at about seven o'clock at night, every single day, come in, edit YouTube videos or film YouTube videos and go to bed. Uh, that is literally my life. <laughs> it's an absolute, it's, it's just such a, a strain. It, it really gives me very limited opportunity to do what I would want. Um, As soon as I can go full-time on YouTube, I, I will just, blast it all in terms of the rest of the social media aspect but I, I just can't I can't hack it at the moment guys see you guys are doing so much better than me
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, no man we we, we, we know how much work it is especially with the job I means it's, it's so much work like you're saying I think it's more I think it is more than people think it is you know just filming and editing I mean the editing you know the <laughs> thumbnails and the description and the title. like it's all these little things that go into a video it takes a long time It's
0: definitely like a passion of love type of thing. I mean, to me, it's it I've, I sometimes feel that, but then, uh, sometimes I just have a document where I keep like really nice comments and I go in there and I just read some of the nice comments. And to me, that's like,
2: Oh, donate some of them to me, John, donate me some of their nice comments. I get so many (laughs) haters. Oh God.
1: (laughs) How do you deal with that? That's, that's one thing that I think every, every content creator, Deals with a different way, but everybody deals with it. You know, it's funny you can get a hundred nice comments Then you get one hateful comment. and It just sits with you. So what's, what's your strategy?
2: I, I don't know why I don't know whether it's it's my accent the fact that I'm from the UK uh, The fact that I don't advise every man to wear bootcut jeans I also make lots of content that will trigger people basically like the I hate baggy jeans video or things you need to upgrade or stuff like that types of videos that other men think are stupid uh, so I'll get an absurd amount of hate comments as a result in terms of dealing with them. It's really strange. It totally depends how I wake up that day, how I feel you've got to be really prepared to have like uh, a heart of steel to not let anything get you down because especially the first few videos you upload, you will get roasted in the comments,
1: every channel you will get to a point and I'm not there yet, but you'll get to a point where there are literally too many comments for. For one person to moderate or respond to, you know, to so moderate the bad comments, respond to the good comments, and I feel like different channels have different approaches. You know, like so, some channels have they hire a, a part-time or full-time community moderator, uh, and then some channels just ignore comments completely. You know, that would be like like Aaron. Like Aaron's never really um, mm-hmm. been every every now and then he'll go into the comments and it's like oh my god Aaron responded to a comment, you know, but uh, <laughs> for the most part he just ignores it, which is also one approach. So I I don't know, but I, I feel like a a certain point three of us will probably you know, to, have to make decisions about how you're gonna handle the comments going forward
2: mm, it's, it's difficult to know what to do it's just difficult to know whether to allow people to have their opinion or to block it out it's, um, it's a difficult balance well I
0: hope people have enjoyed our our digression into a chat session because uh, I've, <laughs> this has been great to catch up with you guys what Ben what would be like a style tip or, or some what's your like go-to tip for people Uh, If you, you know, if people find out you do a YouTube channel and they say, oh, you do a style thing, like, what's wrong with me? Is there something you typically go to to uh, encourage better
2: style? Um, One of the best things I think you need to do, you need to go out there and buy clothes. I mean, you've just got to make the mistakes yourself. And one of the best ways to do it is to buy used clothes online. You can get so much ridiculous stuff. It's, It's honestly the first place I go to now to buy clothes is eBay. I'll go on there, use an eBay sniper tool to bid at the last millisecond so I win every single auction and you can get about 20 items of clothing for the same price as one and nine out of ten times they arrive new. So if there's any any advice I can give you is if you're looking to upgrade your style, you're sort of not sure where to start, you don't know how much to spend, take a look at, the, at these used sections and also go into charity shops and thrift stores and just ball out, buy loads of stuff and and just experiment in person with, with the items. Uh, you'll get a lot further doing that than than even watching, you know, hundreds of hours of YouTube videos, which are very helpful, but you, you've got to try it for yourself as well.
0: Yeah, I know. I've talked about in the past trying to get more into the vintage, the used, and uh, yeah, there's there's absolutely savings on uh, on those sites because I picked up. I didn't, I didn't tell Brock yet, but I picked up a watch last night on eBay. I'll have to talk about that one <laughs> offline. But <laughs> all right, so. Uh, Thank you, Ben, for coming on the podcast. Really great to catch up with you. It's been great to watch your channel grow because I know you started right around the time that I did, and uh, I know I was very happy when you gave me a shout-out with, uh, with a video several months ago. So, so great to watch you grow. Oh, it's,
2: uh, yes, it's been fantastic to join you guys. It really has. I, I've been waiting to come on for so long, but my, my schedule is so ridiculous that I just haven't had the, the, the free day to, to, to do this. So It's been a pleasure to, to come in here, guys.
0: Yeah, so we're looking forward to seeing how uh, the Patreon goes for you, and you keep working on your videos. Don't let the comments get you down, and we'll catch up with you in the future. Many thanks. Thanks, Ben. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Buttoned Up Podcast, a collaboration between John Shanahan of The Cavalier and Brock Magoff of Modest Man, and we'll see you
1: next week.